I want to read from God's Word today from John chapter 15, beginning in verse number 9. And I have a little subhead in my Bible that says, Love and joy perfected. So listen to what God says. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you and abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. And if you do whatever I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. It's a command, not a suggestion, not a good idea. It's a command. Let us love one another. Father, we thank you so much for the eternal word of God that guides us, that is a resource into our life, that resources not only how we are to live, but it, it brings us great joy and confidence. We thank you, Father, that we can love one another <coughs> even, in, even in moments of difficulty. Father, I thank you this morning for each person that is a part of this church service today. And I'm asking you in the name of Jesus that you would mightily move upon people's lives and in their hearts. Father, may the Holy Spirit of God come alongside each individual today, every person, and bring comfort and encouragement and strength and wisdom and provision. Father, I thank you for your presence this morning. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, that we will walk out of here as people that are strengthened by God and ready to serve him and ready to live and reflect Christ. <coughs> I thank you, Father, today for your great blessings in our lives and all of your provisions. I pray this now all in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles today to the New Testament book of Philippians, chapter 3, beginning in verse 13. I'm going to read two verses. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse uh, number 13. <clears throat> I'm not sure about you, but I feel like uh, 2019 came upon me awfully fast. I'm still kind of... I, you know, I, I think there must be a delay in my thinking and some things like that. I feel like, you know, we should be approaching Thanksgiving, and here we are two months later in a brand new year. So the question is, what can we expect when we venture into 2019? We're only six days in it, and is it bringing something new or different? Uh, I noticed uh, I didn't spend a lot of time trying to set up a list or anything. It doesn't really... Uh, it, that's not all that important, but I noticed that the uh, 2020 presidential campaign has already started. And uh, 
And that's simply because we live in Iowa. And so we're going to see a steady parade of folks that uh, roam around the state and, and uh, profess themselves to be wise and mighty and, and uh, wonderful. And, uh, and so this is going to continue for a lot of months. So just uh, kind of be aware of this. Uh, it's just starting to ramp up, but uh, sooner or later here, when it gets into full steam, you'll be able to virtually go anywhere you want, turn around, and you're going to be the candidate. They're everywhere. And uh, so that's uh, uh, the only people that really benefit of that is probably some of these stores and things. They make a lot of money off these people. I'm I assume the financial markets are going to continue their up and down swing. thought it was interesting on Wednesday, the uh, <clears throat> New York Stock Exchange dropped over 600 and some points, and the next day it went over 700 points up. Now that's an awfully big stretch and a jump. On the world scene, our population is going to roll into 7.7 billion people that uh, are going to be inhabiting this planet. When I first started in ministry, we had just a barely cracked five billion. And so we've, there's a lot of souls out there, and to me that translates into a lot of opportunity to present the gospel. A lot of people that are, that are a part of our world. There's a strong rise in world powers. I think this is a year in which you're going to see China and Russia really start to flex their muscles again. And all of this has powerful prophetic implications. Read the prophecies on these things and, and you'll begin to be able to see that. And so my vantage point as a church leader, I ask myself, will the church be ready for these kinds of changes and demands and the growing challenges of a culture, a culture that just seems to be in turmoil, if anything, and how are we going to address those particular needs? The Christian life. The Christian life is a lifelong pursuit. It's a steady, lifelong pursuit of being Christ-like. It is not like the stock exchange that drops one day and, and, and soars the next. It is a steady, it is a steady uh, incline, if you will. I believe it is an incline. And Paul talks about that. And Paul is saying in this passage that I'll read in just a moment, he said, I haven't obtained spiritual perfection yet. He said, I, I'm not, I have not arrived. And so, and that's good news, I think, for us. We have not arrived yet. I have not arrived yet. <clears throat> but Paul says something very important in this text. He says, but I'm forgetting the past and I'm pressing forward to another higher goal in my life. Let me read this powerful passage to you beginning in verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, in other words, that I have arrived, but one thing I do, <coughs> forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forward, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. This week I replaced 2018 calendar on my desk with 2019. And as I pulled that off the phone that I have it attached to, 
I realize that I have just spent 365 days of my life. I'm not going to dwell on 365 days of my life that has been spent. Those were spent with the intention to honor God. Whether I achieved that or whether I didn't, I am going to pay attention to what lies ahead. I've said this before in this, probably in this church in fact, there is a reason the rear view mirror on your car is so small and the windshield is so big. The rear view mirror is only looking at what is behind you. The windshield looks at the panorama that is in front of you. I choose to look at what is in front of me. I cannot undo anything that I did last year, and I'm not sure if I should even attempt to do that. But what I can do is live for today. God has given me today. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3, he says, today, if you hear my voice, if you hear my voice, my challenge and my goal, and I, and I pray that it would be your goal also, I want to hear the voice of God. I want to move at his direction. I desire to move at his calling and his desires for my, for my life. The Bible says this in many different ways, that God is not only the God of the present, <coughs> but he's the one who controls the flow of history and the one who holds, literally holds the presence, present in his hands. Again, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, which simply says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can count on that. We live in a culture that is constantly changing. It is like a tiny small boat on an angry sea that is, that is driven here to there and over here and rocks violently. And yet in Christ, there is a solidarity. In Christ, there is a firmness. In Jesus Christ is where God calls us to live in him. It's God who is able to cover up the past. Forget the things that are done. And we need to forget. I don't believe we do a good job at forgetting, and I'm not sure whether that has ever really been very well accomplished. But I think what God is saying here, and, I, and I'm certain of this, it's not a matter that I don't forget what I did, it's the fact that I am not tied to what I did. That is not my anchor point. That is not how I... T how I tie my life into the present. Those things cannot be the anchor points of your life, whatever they are, whatever they happen to be. And folks, we live in a culture, there are, there are people in this church, you live in your past. You live tied to events and things that are said, all of these things, they anchor you and they hold you from moving forward where God really wants you to be. Paul says, I'm not apprehended. He says, I, and what that means is, he says, I haven't arrived. And if you're sitting here saying, I have arrived, you're mistaken. In fact, I feel like you may very well become a target for the enemy for a certain defeat. We look forward to a new year and a new future and 
one that God creates and one that is filled, one that is, I should say, one that is not filled, not filled with failure and mistakes. God's future for us is filled with the ability that God gives to every person, every individual in this room. Every person has this opportunity. It is, it is the opportunity to become what God wants in your life. God puts a desire in my heart to have our lives filled with his, his joy. Ever heard of Murphy's Law? Murphy's Law is pretty simple. If anything bad will happen, it will happen. That's a pretty fatalistic look at how to live your life and everything like this. But I know that there are people, I'm very convinced of this, who do live by this flawed standard and they are convinced they cannot do too much is right and this is totally wrong. It is totally, totally an error. The gospel says we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We are a people with a hope. We are a people with a future. We are a people in which God says, I have a plan for your life, and if you'll get on track with me, you can move forward in that plan. And it's a plan that can bring us joy. It's a plan that can bring us fulfillment. But if we're going to tie ourselves and anchor ourselves to past mistakes and past problems and past issues, then we will never, never, never experience what God has for us that's in the front of our windshields of each one of our lives. Listen to me carefully. Eternal life, <clears throat> eternal life is more than just arriving at a destination called heaven. If you understand eternal life correctly, eternal life begins the day you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Eternal life begins at that very moment because eternity is in view. Eternity is out there, clearly in view now, and yet we live, we walk, we move forward, all in the thing and the work of God. That's eternal life. That's true eternal life with us. The reality of life in Christ is, <clears throat> is all prevailing, so, that, so powerful that we, we don't live with depression, we don't live with despondency, but we live with expectation. We live with a hope, a genuine hope. It's a real hope. Not just maybe it might happen. It's not just something, uh, some mind over matter thing, but genuine hope. Here's a recommendation. I would not be too concerned about tomorrow or overly concerned about the past, but God, remember, God's great gift for you today for you is today, and it's this very moment. That's the joy, and we, follow, we don't follow the counsel of the world. The counsel of the world says, eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow we're going to die. That's a total fatalistic, once again, viewpoint of life. It's a loser mentality, truly. But as followers of Christ, I'm motivated to do God's will to move forward with the ways and the directions of God. The failures of yesterday need not stand between you and God's will for your future. Failure, remember this, failure is never final. Not with God, never.
When it comes to the failures of this past year, whether it is personal or otherwise, take on the attitude and the counsel again of Paul. He says, I press on that I may lay hold of that which is in Christ Jesus and let it lay hold of me. Lay hold of me. I forget those things that are behind me and I press forward to the things that are before. The Lord's table this morning is a special time for us because we we will take the cup and the bread We remember the things that Jesus Christ has done for us, but something else we will also forget because we realize that a fresh way has been paved for us. It has been paved for us because the past has been forgiven. God has forgiven it. Freedom from sin, freedom from the past comes from Christ And then he empowers us for the future of what that might be. The gift of forgetting makes it possible. The second thing that Paul speaks about here, and it's just simply pressing forward. We've expressed that quite a bit here. For the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We press forward. We press forward. We do not spend some time in some kind of a confessional filled with anguish, lamenting over our sin and our remorse and all of that. But the past is finished. We have a new future and new possibilities that are before us. I'd like our worship team to return, please, at this time, if you would. Shortly, we're going to begin to share communion together, but I have just one last thought I want to share with you, if you don't mind. I think there are people in this room, I think there are people in this room that really need to hear this, and not only hear it, but allow it to be implanted into your life. Allow this thing to be impressed upon your life. And I'm gonna express it this way, stop explaining your life by your past, and start explaining your life based on your future. I'm not going to tell you who that is because there's nobody in this church, so I feel free to say this, although it could be, maybe it could be replicated here. About three months ago, I ran onto a lady that I knew, and in the conversation, I said, how are you doing? Oh my goodness. That's a question I should not have asked. I mean, I, it, I'm not trying to be rude or anything here, but uh, oh my heavens. It's a very perilous journey. Terrible. Oddly enough, I ran out to her price six weeks later and, and I made the same mistake. How are you doing? And still the same, but it got worse. And then if, you know, you, you, you t- don't, don't you ever learn? Because I just ran on to her a couple weeks ago. How's it going for you? And oh my goodness, it did turn terrible. 
Don't live your life based on your past. Stop it. Stop it. Live your life based on what God has ahead for you. And I believe with all of my heart that he has a future for you. That he has a place for you. That he has a divine desire. A spot where God wants to take you. Concentrate on that. Because whatever was in the past, you can't do a thing about it. But I can do something about the future. Amen. Father, we thank you for, once again, the eternal word of God. How you speak into our lives and our hearts. How you desire to hold us in your hand. How you desire to cover us over by your presence. Father, in this day and age in which we live, with the time growing so ever short, Father, I pray that you help us to look upon tomorrow with anticipation, with expectation, but also live fully today. This is the day that we can do something about and help us to live for you. Help us to have an unrestrained love for you, an unrestrained desire to focus on your presence, focus on how you want us to live today. Father, help us to understand that we have not arrived, we have not attained. Help us to understand that. And help us to understand that there is a place for us. Father, when we receive these elements of communion, I pray that this might be a moment so early in this year, on the sixth day of this new year, that we would desire to covenant with you. To covenant with you to maybe turn some things around in our life. Turn off some anger. Turn off some bitterness. Turn off some old habits that haven't died out yet. And help us then simply as we receive these elements, help us to consume your presence and your power in our lives. Let our lives be reshaped this morning by the simple acts of communion and this word and this service, this worship. Father, we grant to you that our desire is to live fully for you. Lord, I pray this to the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's lift our hands for the blessing of God. Father, may the Lord bless and keep. May the Lord make his face to shine <clears throat> upon our lives. Father, lift up your countenance upon us. Send us out of these doors as representatives of the living Christ, a living hope, a living future that each of us has in Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you.